Hello, everybody. Welcome to Trips Right with Ralph and Dave. I'm Ralph, but Dave is not here. And you can tell because I am playing Heart Alone. It's the jam of all jams. It's a total banger. Try to get it out of your head. It won't work. You know I'm going to turn it up again in a second. But the only reason I like it when Dave's not here, the only reason, is because I get to blast this song. So fitting. Such a jam. Hits me to my core. Is there anybody who doesn't like Heart? That's a really good question. Let's turn it up again. Here it comes. Are you ready for it? I'm ready for it. Let's go. Let's go. We do have football to talk about, but first this. Ready for this? It's coming up high. Here we go. Mmm. Woo. Oh, man. Goodness gracious. All right, everybody. Like I said, trip's right. Ralph and Dave, I'm by myself. Last week was the first week in three years that Dave and I did not put out a show. Uh, you know, we just decided this this was this was the time. We've done we've done remote, we've done solo on both sides, we've had guests. Uh, but this particular week it was spring break. Dave uh, went somewhere with his family, wasn't gonna be available. Um, I was going to California, got to see my sister and my brother-in-law, my niece and my nephews, um, one of which I hadn't even met yet because of uh, COVID. So I was very excited to go enjoy my time in California. It was not necessarily vacation. I was chasing around toddlers for five days, but I definitely did not want to have to worry about uh, recording a podcast. So we took last week off and then we come into this week. We're going to hit it hard. We're going to be back. Uh, and Dave said, you know what, um, you know what, Ralph, uh, it's a busy week for us. It's Holy Week, you know, Easter coming up. His his wife, my former prom date, is a pastor. 
And so hectic week for them, their usual Thursday care had took a week off. So I said, you know what, buddy, let me get this alone. See what I did there? Pretty good. Best jokes are the ones you have to explain. And uh, I said, I'd hit this up. I'd talk about a draft I've got going on right now. That's very exciting. And uh, next week, Dave and I will be coming back with a vengeance. That sounds angry. We'll be coming back in force. How about that? Uh, maybe we can finally get Kurt on with us too next week because um, we haven't uh, followed through on that. Uh, you know, speaking of long weeks, I'm also having a long week. Have you ever had one of those weeks? One of those weeks? We've all had them. Uh, first of all, my lovely lady ran to uh, ran to Costco, so she's not she's not in the house right now. And so I'm in the I'm actually at the dining room table uh, recording this. Kona is staring at me. And there could be a point where she just starts barking uncontrollably. So I may have to stop abruptly and come back in. We'll see how it goes. She's breathing heavily. That's how you know she's all agitated. My lovely five-year-old, 115-pound uh, uh, Anatolian Shepherd, Kona. But, um, you know, one of those weeks. So I was in California last week. It was hot and sunny. And I got to see family. And I got to have baby time. You know, don't get me wrong. There were moments. It was tiring, you know. Um, uh, got pooped on by one of their giant tortoises trying to lift him back into the area where he's allowed to be. Got pooped on by the cat. Who gets pooped on by a cat? Nobody, except for this guy. Um, you know, toddlers running at me with food on him. Uh, uh, Victor, you know, he's 18 months old. He's basically a little linebacker, a little bowling ball. He climbs up on Unky. He's gonna, he's gonna, you know, roll around. He's gonna fall off of me. I throw him down. He climbs back up. I throw him down. You know, this kind of stuff. Last morning, I'm there. Climbs up on my lap. Boxes my ears. Just bah! It was very painful. I'm like, kid, you have got to control that. Um, Sevi, my four and a half year old niece, she convinced me that me being on all fours and her riding me like a horse was something she learned at yoga with one of her teachers. Finally, I said, listen, I'll do this for two more minutes if you just admit that this is not part of your yoga. She goes, okay, Yankee, it's not part of my yoga. I'm like, oh my gosh, goodness gracious. That being said, it was very fun, and I'm so glad I got to go. It was a great way to spend spring break. But then I got back, and it's just been a little crazy. Um, my, my grandma passed away Monday morning. Uh, you know, basically we were praying her into heaven. She was having a rough time. She wasn't living her best life anymore. It's a blessing. Um, she's in a better place. Um, I, I, I swear my principal, I, I gotta be coming off like Zach Morris. How many grandparents does this guy have? Cause I've lost two this year and I'm, I have to be sounding like I'm trying to come up with excuses for missing school. But yeah, that's how my week started off. The weather, you know, I was ready for some spring weather. I was ready for it to be all sunny and nice and warm, you know, for that one day of spring that Minnesota gets. And instead, it has been 30, 25, 30 degrees, windy, rain slash snow slash hail the last two days. Didn't dress right yesterday. Didn't have the right jacket on. So I'm at recess with my kids. Wind hit me. It was just horrible. So the weather's getting to me. We have 42 extra minutes added on to every school day for the rest of the year, in addition to 10 additional days to make up for the teacher strike. Uh, I got a tux. I went to get my tux for Good Job Joe's wedding today. I went to get that uh, uh, fitted for, for it to be tailored, you know. So it's all, so I'm looking all svelte for the wedding. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a groomsman in uh, Good Job Joe's wedding. Get there, the tux sent from Detroit, Michigan. Yeah, wrong size. The guy, I, I don't know why. 
I would get measured for a tux at Men's Warehouse. I, I had a bad feeling about it from the get-go. Turns out it was right. So they didn't measure me right. I'm, sh- I sh- I'm not a 44 regular. I'm a 42 regular. And the guy's like, yeah, the shoulders aren't right. Like, shoot. So now I got to make sure that works. I got dishes piled up in the sink. This is how out of it I am. Monday night, my fingernails were long, so I trimmed my fingernails. And then I went to bed, moved on with my life. Tuesday night, one day later, 24 hours later, I look, I missed one of my nails. I had one nail that was super long. The rest were trimmed. Goodness gracious, Ralph's losing it. So it's been quite a week, but I am happy to be here, talk about a little football with you guys. We're going to see if we can keep this to a half an hour. No reason to draw it out. But it's going to be Ralph talking solo about a draft. So spring break came up. It was like Friday, uh, April 1st, right around there, getting into that weekend. And Kurt, uh, super fan of the podcast, my brother-in-law, I'm in probably 25, 30 leagues with him. He says, hey, I got this campus to can league. Are you interested? I said, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, the price was right, and I really wanted to draft. It was spring break. Even though I was in Cali, it was going to be a slow draft, so I said, what the hey, I'm in. Now, here's the scenario with this particular uh, with this particular draft. Uh, Campus to Canton, for those of you who aren't familiar, uh, you draft an NFL squad, you draft a college squad, you get points for both your college and NFL squads. Um, they're typically, at least in all the ones I've been in, there is a ch- every year there is a champion in the NFL for the league, and there's a champion in the in the uh, uh, college for the league. Um, and then your college team uh, feeds into your NFL team. So your your college players are basically devies. You get points for college production, but then they also feed in. So it makes more college players valuable because just because they aren't uh, NFL prospects doesn't mean they aren't valuable. It's also cold. I wanted to be in the garage tonight, but no garage party here. It's gross out there. All right. So, you know, in a campus to Canton, you you need to have a certain level of um, knowledge of the college players. And, you know, what Kurt and I have discovered in doing this is that you are basically never fully prepared enough. There is never a point where you have made enough lists, where you have recorded enough players where you have prepared fully. Um, And in this case in particular, it's, well, it's also been changing as we go. So uh, here's maybe my first thing. I would recommend in the future to any of you out there who are going to join a league, don't join a league that doesn't have bylaws or uh, a constitution of some sort. Um, This league does not have anything really on paper on what kind of what the rules are going to be, which is a risky little move. But, you know, I wanted to draft. Kurt was already in. I was kind of enthusiastic. Um, and so I went for it. But it's it's a little nerve-wracking to not have any uh, anything really laid out. So there have been things that have been changing all along the way. Uh, one thing is that it was supposed to be a separate NFL draft, rookie draft, college draft. Those were going to be three separate drafts. And it was going to be a $10,000 auction budget. And you, the money you saved after the NFL draft, you had for the rookie draft. The money you saved after the rookie draft went to your college. The money you saved after college went to being your waiver wire money, your fab money for the year. 
Um, my my opinion on that was going to be, I don't care about waiver wire money in this format because there's there should not be anybody really available. Um, you know, deepish rosters. It's it's 30, 30 roster spots for NFL, forty for college. It's also deep starting positions. So this is going to be quarter in the on the NFL side, quarterback, two super flexes, two running backs, three wide receivers, tight end, three additional flexes, eighteen bench, and it is PPR. On the on the uh, NCAA side, two quarterbacks, two super flexes, three running backs, four wide receivers, a tight end, four flexes. And then however many benches that means to to uh, even it out to 40. Um, so, so there wasn't really anything laid out. And so some things were changing. And one of the things that was changing was, you know, it was set up to be the slow auction for NFL on Sleeper and in college on uh, on Fantrax, where the, where the two leagues are going to be actually run. The two parts of the league are going to be run. Well, that wasn't going to work. And people who don't have experience don't know that. But I said, hey, does... Does a sleeper have the capability of doing a slow auction? It does not. So we ended up having to, and and keep in mind, by the way, Kona could start barking at any point. So brace yourself. She's, oh yeah, wag your tail because you know I'm talking about you, silly girl. So, you know, we could, uh, they didn't even know that that wasn't possible. So what had ended up happening was we moved it to MFL. On MFL, you can do a slow auction you can have comments where you put in the players, um, the college players when you're drafting. It does make the college aspect challenging because you um, you don't have a list you're going off of where they're all contained. You have to keep your own list. And so it is a, it is a lot of checking as you're going. Kona, come on. Kona, lay down. Get over here. Come on. Come on. Oh, she's going to make this so difficult. So, um, you know, so you have to keep track. So it turns out that we had to combine everything into one draft altogether. Um, I wonder if anyone can tell that I took a little break there to deal with Kona. So sneaky, Ralph. All right, so that was one thing. So, that, you know, then we have settings. We have scoring settings. We have roster settings. Um, you know, trying to figure out what the best way to do this is and how the money's going to work and all this kind of stuff. And it, it just would have been nice to have it, ri- have it written down. Now, now, Kurt mentioned that... I wonder how much you guys can hear this. Kona is like a cat. She Everything is on her terms. And usually she doesn't want anything to do with us. Right now, she has her squeaky toy and she is like bringing it over. Oh, now you're coming over to say hi? Seriously. She never has any interest in me until I'm busy. Okay. So, um, you know, so things are changing. Now, Kurt said that, you know, he kind of liked that, you know, these guys don't have very much experience. So we could kind of make the league what we wanted and tweak things as we go. And then that would actually be a valuable situation. Um, I can see the I can see the appeal to that, but uh, it, it's a little disconcerting. It kind of feels like a league that isn't going to last very long um, if, uh, if 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 people don't really know um, what the what the rules are from from day to day. Um, so this ten thousand dollar budget is in a slow draft. It's twelve hour clock, right? Um, another thing leading up to the actual draft itself was that I'm starting to get the impression via the chat on Sleeper that some of these guys are very, very inexperienced. I'm talking no auction experience at all, let alone a slow auction with a 12-hour clock, 
with the um, eBay style bidding where you can set your high bid and then you don't um, lose control of the thing until some your high bids overtaken but somebody can raise what the player is actually going for you know some of those aspects and one guy in particular really seemed like he didn't know what was going on so i messaged him and said can i help explain this to you and i went out of my way to really go through and lay things out really clearly um hopefully clearly for him uh so that people knew what was what was going on um i you know i think if you've never done an auction before i think this is a very interesting uh, setting to get into. There's a lot of moving pieces, and you're kind of you're kind of asking for it. You're kind of a glutton for punishment, I think, um, if you're jumping into something like this. But hey, more power to you. Um, so you know, once it all finally got going, uh, it was a little slow. You know, MFL. I think these guys realized what I have always thought, which is that MFL is not easy to navigate. It is not easy to get around to figure out what you're doing to figure out where you're going. Like it is not intuitive. You really got to uh, you really got to play around with it and learn how to do it. And so there were guys who had no idea the draft was going on. Players were up for bid. Hours were going by, and people had no idea it had started. I think the commissioner did a pretty good. You know, commissioner and a couple of these guys who had um, volunteered to to help with the commissioning duties. I think it did a good job trying to. Um, trying to get people um uh informed but definitely it was um uh, definitely it took a little while to get to get the ball rolling so then it was time to see how the actual bidding was going to go now my strategy going into a league like this I, i i tend to have a couple of players that i really want to go after I tend to have positions that I want to go after, but I think in an in any auction. Oh gosh, this dog. Kona, stop. I, I think in any in any auction. Oh, this dog. Alright, so um, you know, I think I go into a draft like this, and my strategy is that um, I want certain players, but I also need to roll with the punches. Any auction, you know, they're all different, and you never know how it's going to go. So you have to be willing to adjust. You can't get too hung up on a certain player or a certain strategy. You have to be able to zig when other people zag, or it's going to end up hurting you. So so my strategy in, um, you know, I guess we'll say specifically in a draft like this, but also uh, in, in any auction... Um, I, I knew that I wanted to focus on quarterback because the cheapest place you're going to get quarterbacks is in the draft, the startup draft itself. Um, you know, super flex, this is a double super flex, so you can start three quarterbacks actually. Um, and, you know, I, I wanted quarterbacks that I was confident about and I wanted a lot of them. I, I know I wanted Kyle Pitts. I wanted to lock down that 21 year old tight end that's hopefully going to be a stud for 10 years um i wanted to get a a stable of young wide receivers and i wanted on the college side i i knew i wanted bryce young i think he's going to come out next year um and be the the one one for sure i don't think there's any way he is not drafted as the number one overall pick and he's going to start right away and i think he's going to be incredible and i knew i wanted jackson smith najigba for uh for ohio state i think he's the the top wide receiver coming out next year. Ohio State produces wide receivers. Brian Hartline, the the wide receiver coach for um, 
he may have been promoted recently, actually, but uh, for Ohio State, I mean, he produces NFL talent. Michael Thomas, Terry McLaurin, I mean, these guys come out ready to dominate at the college level, even though, you know, before Justin Fields, Ohio State was not necessarily um, a throwing team. They wanted to run the ball down your throat, but... Uh, yeah, those were a couple guys that I that I really wanted. So then, so then the draft gets going, and you you start to you start to learn some things. So some things that were some things that were learned uh, in the draft. First of all, uh, Kurt and I learned that quarterbacks were going to be ridiculously expensive. Um, the, I mean, they were going they were going nuts. Um, you know, you're talking close to two grand for all of the stud uh, quarterbacks. I, I can I can pull this up actually. Reports, league auction results, and detailed results. Okay, so you know Josh Allen for nineteen hundred. Uh, you had Lamar Jackson, eighteen hundred. You had Justin Herbert for nineteen hundred. Uh, Fat Pat Mahomes is the most expensive player by far. Kirk got him for two thousand one hundred two dollars. You know these are expensive players, and you're talking ten twenty percent of your budget, and you have seventy spots to fill. So you got to decide: is that something you're really that you really want to go after, or is that something you're going to let slide? My eighth player that I won was Justin Fields for seventeen fifty one, and I decided you know enough quarterbacks have gone off the board. I'm very I'm bullish on Fields. He ended up being maybe you know fifty to a hundred less than some of those other big guys. You know, do I wish I had spent more like nineteen hundred and gotten more of a sure thing? Yes, but at the same time, I really can't complain. I like Justin Fields. He's actually my only NFL quarterback I have right now because I just can't bring myself to spend some of the money on some of these guys that is that is happening. And then on the college side, I really wanted Bryce Young. And so the third player I won was Bryce Young for $1,600. Um, I went hard for him. I, I, I don't think I ever lost high bid on him. You know, I try to, if there's a guy I really want, I set that high bid high and I don't want anybody to reset that clock on me. I want to keep the high bid um, you know, a couple hundred from wherever anybody is going to get close to me. Um, what the first player that I won um, was AJ Brown. Now, the, the thing about the wide receivers in this draft is that the young stud wide receivers all got brought up for for auction early. So on the on the block on up oh excuse me up for bid early on. You had Lamb. You had Jefferson. Um, you had, uh, who are the other big guys? I'm, now I'm going to blank. Lamb, Jefferson, um, uh, you know, Cooper Cup. I know he's older, but he was up. Like all these top wide receivers were up and they started going for a lot of money as well. And I, I had to decide, like, do I really stick with this? You're talking Justin Jefferson for 1150. He ended up being one for, um, CD Lamb. Uh, went for eleven fifty, so over a thousand dollars for the best young receivers. Now, somehow, in the midst of those young receivers, I had AJ Brown sneak through for six hundred ten dollars. So he's twenty five years old. He's he's obviously a stud. Uh, I was very excited about that. Um, I don't really know how it happened. Uh, Kurt and I have tried to not snipe each other. Like I've tried really hard not to bid on players that 
that he is bidding on or vice versa. Uh, we don't want to step on each other's toes um, because we're having enough problems bidding with these guys uh, uh, without uh, affecting each other. So, you know, one thing that is happening, turn back to my notes here. So another thing that's going on is the nomination so the nomination strategy, I, I when I bring up players, I bring up players that might get people to spend money that I don't want. So I put up Derrick Henry. You know, I try to put up CMC, Kamara. Like, those are the guys I want people spending their money on. Um, people were weirdly um, uh, frugal about the big-name running backs. I mean, they, you know, they, they, they went, but they certainly were not... Uh, spending like I thought they would 455 for McCaffrey seems very conservative to me um let's see where's Kamara 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 where are you I can't find you there you are uh Kamara for only 300 I mean those kind of you know Aaron Jones for 202 these are the guys that I was hoping people would spend a thousand dollars on because that's such the opposite of my strategy and they didn't but I couldn't believe so many people bringing up players that I, I think they, they actually wanted. You know, I, I try not to put up players that I actually wanted. So then what I realized was I better put up some players that I wanted um, so that I could control. I wanted to have the money to spend on them before I got roped into getting some other players. So there were definitely some weird, weird moments like that. Um, so all these good players being on the board at the beginning was was challenging. Um, if if any of you uh, want to comment on this, um, reach out to Dave and I. Um, however you uh, however you tend to do that. But what's your nomination and bidding etiquette? Because another thing that has been happening in this draft is the. You know, the the MFL, when the bid gets below an hour and a half, I think, something like that, it turns red and you're kind of in the last 10% of the, uh, of, the, of the bids or of the timing for the bid, 12 hours. We have people that are literally waiting until minutes left to up the bid, sometimes just costing the player who is about to own them the owner who's about to own the player more money and sometimes actually stealing the bid and set, resetting the clock for another super frustrating 12 hours so for example i have bryce young i i was winning him for 1500 and i checked it and i had a very short amount of time left and i'm checking it and it was under under two minutes, I think, and somebody bid me up a hundred bucks, and it went from fifteen hundred to sixteen hundred. Now, luckily, I didn't lose him, but that's a very annoying situation. That's a hundred bucks I could have used, and I don't understand why somebody. You know, things happen. Sometimes your schedule is challenging. Sometimes you know you you check when you can. I mean, I didn't check as often as I would have liked to when I was in California with my family, um, but. I think that you, if you do that every time, I think it is bad form. I think it's amateur hour, and I think it just makes you look like a jerk. And I think for some of these guys, they are purposefully waiting until it's in the red to try to get pe to try to up that bid. And so I just keep wondering what is their thought process 
for doing that? Are they trying to get under people's skin? Is it a strategy where they think they'll where they think they'll discourage someone into not trying to overtake them again? I I just I don't know what the mindset is. I think it's I think it's bad form. I don't like it. I wish people would just let bids go through. Like I like I'd be an hour and a half from winning somebody. I would have my max bid over a hundred dollars over the current bid I'm winning them at. I'd go to bed. I'd wake up and I lost them. It, it doesn't make sense. And so, and it's not even on desirable players sometimes. You know, like Emory Jones, uh, who played at Florida. He's a he's a quarterback. He's 22. Um, he's transferring now. Uh, you know, he, he was, I was winning him for like $28 and then somebody steals it from me overnight. And Kurt said it was like under five minutes. Well, I ended up winning him for $41, but it's, it's frustrating. Like it just doesn't like, like, come on, man, you know? All right. Um, so then... Oh, let's see. Bidding up. Uh, Staz- okay, so <clears throat> so then I start, you know, it, it really bailed a lot of people out that were doing all three facets of this league in one draft because it makes uh, the, the uh, fund management a lot easier, obviously. You don't have to save money for a certain thing. You can go after it. But we have already had people, you know, we have people that have not spent a lot of money on studs. So, like, for personally, like, right now, I'm sitting at, uh, let me get back to the auction. Bid for owners auction bid time left. Actually, I don't think I'm winning any bids right now, now that I'm thinking about it. So, I don't even know how much money I have left. I have, like, $300 left, I think, and I have won 20-some players. Uh, but I am very happy with all the players that I've that I've won. Um, but you know, there's somebody sitting here with, with, uh, $2,000, like here's somebody with $1,600. They can control now this middle, this middle part of the draft and get all these kind of middling players. And, and what I, what I don't think it kind of, again, shows the lack of experience. People don't realize like there are $1 players, like you can let players go through for a dollar you do not have to win every player. Um, or you do not have to bid on every player, I should say. So, for example, <clears throat> we have had three players actually make it through 12 hours for a dollar. All right? One of them is Dwayne Haskins, who just died. And that's not the joking died. He actually died. Um, he was walking on the freeway and got hit by a dump truck. Um, I love Dwayne Haskins. It's a very sad story. I'm a big Ohio State fan, obviously. Somebody bid a dollar and then said RIP in the comments. A little respect moment. I like that. You know, I like that. But that guy made it through for a dollar. Randall Cobb, who's older than dirt. And then Ian Book, who is a noodle-armed loser from Notre Dame, who had his chance and he was terrible. He was terrible. He was terrible. You know, those guys made it through for a dollar. But, like, here's some other examples. I put up Rex Burkhead for a dollar. I thought Rex Burkhead is 34. He'll sneak through. He's going to lose his job. I mean, maybe to Brees Hall. I hear Brees Hall um, traveled to, to Houston to talk with them. They, they might be interested. Rex Burkhead went for three bucks. I put up DJ Dallas for a, for a dollar. Ended up winning him, but I, it took me three bucks. 
<coughs> look at some of these players that got bid up. Um, uh, let's see, what's another like? What's another good example here? How about Marvin Jones? Twenty nine dollars for Marvin Jones. How about twenty six dollars for a dead Julio Jones that isn't on a team right now? How about twenty five for Marlon Mack? I mean, what? How about twenty four for Gerald Everett? Gerald Everett. I don't know if you heard me. They they have Noah Fant now, and they have Mrs. Disley's son. So they're not going to be... Oh, no, he went to the Clippers. Never mind. Gerald Everett went to the Clippers. Well, the Clippers have my boy Trey McKitty. So there you go. Um, so a little less crazy, but still, $24. That's 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 um, crazy talk. So some of these bids, I, I just don't understand why people would feel the need to spend this kind Okay, how about this? James Robinson, $76 for James Robinson. $76. I think that's crazy down. I think that I I don't think that's I don't think somebody's living on planet Earth doing that. How about this? How about 90 uh how about $98 for DJ Chark? $98 for DJ Chark going to Detroit. Uh okay. $100 for Tyler Boyd. I don't know. I, I think these prices seem kind of kind of silly. Although maybe you'll listen to my team. Maybe you'll think some of my prices are kind of silly. Hey, my way doesn't need to be the right way, and I am not perfect. And as one of Beer Battle tell you, I am no Debbie C2C expert. That's for darn sure. But I do like my squad. <clears throat> All right. Uh, let's see. Did I have anything else I wanted to share before going through my team? Okay. Uh, maybe the only thing, other thing I'll say is, you know, my my advice for when you are going through what you want to avoid doing when you are um, what you want to avoid doing when you're going through this this. Um, this kind of a draft is you want to avoid not having a list to go off of. You don't want to have to be Googling and searching and pulling up online these lists every single time you are going through anything. So what I like to do is I like to pull up a list of a Debbie ranking website that I trust to kind of have a base to go off of. I want to kind of know what the, what the consensus ranking kind of stuff is. <clears throat> I have that as my starting point. And then for the freshmen, I I go to twenty four seven sports and I pull up the the top quarterbacks, uh, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends for that year. Um, a lot of them end up showing up on that uh, on, on that Devi list. Um, if it's a you know good enough list, it will include it. But I, that's what I like to do, and I like to have those lists ready so I can just cross off as I go. And I don't have to be second-guessing myself and wondering what the heck is going on. So, why don't we get to my squad, shall we? This is where we're at. Um, Barry Crimson, sorry for making you wait. I haven't had a chance to respond to you yet. I know you've been living vicariously through me, <clears throat> listening to my draft results so that you can avoid doing any more drafts yourself. But here's how my squads look, and I'll start on the NFL side. Um my only quarterback is Justin Fields, uh, one for uh, 1751. He's 23 years old, obviously, hoping that he's gonna have a have a big year this year. New coaching staff, somebody who invested in build around his towns. Uh, at running back, I actually uh, I paid for Brees Hall. I, I'm a I'm a believer. I 
I uh, hear such good things. Paid $626 for Brees Hall. Figured I had a stud, well, what I hope will be a stud running back, 21 years old, so I don't have to think about running back. So then to fill up that position, I also got DJ Dallas for $3, Boston Scott for $2, James White for $3. So some filler filler players there. At wide receiver, the aforementioned A.J. Brown for $610. Another 25-year-old stud in DJ Moore for uh, $500. Another bargain, if you ask me. <clears throat> I was mad at myself for getting hung up on Garrett Wilson. I, I love Garrett Wilson. I think he's going to be an absolute beast uh, coming out of Ohio State. Super fast, super polished, 22 years old. Uh, but I got carried away needing to have him, and I wish I hadn't spent the money on him when I did. So $675 I spent on Garrett Wilson. What I'm going to tell myself is that I spent... I, I'm going to tell myself that I spent 710 on A.J. Brown, 600 on D.J. Moore, and only 475 on Garrett Wilson, and that'll make me feel a little bit better. And then I just won, uh, within the last day or so, I won Van Jefferson for $35, and I think he was uh, a little bit discounted because he is buried behind Cooper Cup, obviously, and Allen Robinson, and they, as far as I know, still have OBJ, so we'll see how long that lasts. And then the only tight end I have on the Ohio, on the, uh, on the the NFL side is Kyle Pitts, for $800, I basically set my I set my high bid over a thousand for Kyle Pitts and said, "Come get him." And I didn't think anybody would want him more than more than I did. So, 800 bucks I spent for Kyle Pitts. <clears throat> over on the uh, NCAA side, so I have gone very heavy at quarterback. I, you know, it's hard to predict quarterback, so I want as many five, four and five star stud recruits as possible whether they have shown in the college ranks yet or not i want to have guys that could be the next big thing at quarterback um i started off with bryce young 1600 already talked about him he's 20 years old and i think he is the truth i went after spencer rattler you know he is he's a knucklehead for sure but such a talent and i you know he's going to be in south carolina and if nothing else He's going to be putting up points in the college ranks now that he's at a team that should be, I would think, starting him and, and letting him play. I got J.J. McCarthy. He's a dirty, dirty Wolverine, but he is a five-star recruit and uh, only 19 years old. Looks like a surfer boy, but I got him for $136. Brock Vandegrift uh, for Georgia. I don't know if it's because he's not starting or what, but but he's a great recruit, and I got him for 60 bucks. he snuck through. Kurt was really mad at that. You know, Kurt was saying, like, I would have bid on him if it was anybody but you. And I said, well, yeah, but you got DJ Ukulele for 188 and I would have bid against him. So everybody evens out. Uh, I got Jaden Daniels um, for 216. Uh, Jaden Daniels was at Arizona State. He transferred to LSU. So uh, this was one of a couple guys where I did not put the right team for them. I felt bad about that. I, I It's hard to... Uh, keep track of all these transfers at this point because there's a lot of transferring going on uh i got emory uh emory jones uh like i said he's a transfer coming out of florida um we'll see where he ends up and then i just today got jt daniels who was at usc and then he was at georgia and now i believe he's at west virginia i got him for 101 dollars 22 year old former uh five-star prospect uh, at running back, I went after my boy Travion Henderson. You know, I don't pay for a lot of running backs, but if you watch Ohio State football, 
Travion Henderson is a monster. He is so good. He's so fast. He's so strong. And he just can take over a game. He's like, I mean, he's like Carlos Hyde. He's like Zeke. He is, he, you know, feed him. He is the guy who will get it done. And he took over that backfield and didn't give it back. Um, 19 years old. I spent $951 on him. So look at me spending a spending 10% of my budget on a running back. Who is this guy, Ralph? I don't even get it. Um, but I, he is going to be so good in a few years. And hopefully by then the rest of my team will be really gelling being in their prime. And I can have that young running back coming in, uh, to join Brees Hall and to join, uh, Bryce Young, who's going to be in my quarterback rankings or, uh, ranks, uh, Trey Sanders running back for, uh, for Alabama. You know, he, he had a down year. I, I, I don't remember if it was injury or if he, you know, it's crowded there, obviously, but Trey Sanders was a great recruit, and so 22 bucks, I figured he was worth taking. Wide receivers on the college side, Jackson Smith and Ajigba for $676, $1 more than Garrett Wilson. He's only 20. He's so good. I mean, he is going to for sure be the number one wide receiver next year. He, Speaking of taking over um, a wide receiver room, I mean, he is he's really good. And then God, you know, I can't help it. I'm still in on Julian Fleming. He was a great, great recruit coming to Ohio State too. And I know how they handle wide receivers for 120 bucks. I'll take Julian Fleming. Why not? Because he will get his chance in the NFL. And I also think that 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 wide receiving core, you know, they vacated both Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave this past year. So he's going to have a chance to, to play. And if he shows anything, I'll be very excited. And then you know I love my tight ends, so I had to get in there, and I had to get a couple of college tight ends that I liked. In hindsight, I wish I had uh, managed my money a little differently to go after uh, Michael Meyer from uh, from uh, Notre Dame. I think he's um, obviously the best tight end uh, prospect in, in college, but... I got Sam Laporta out of Iowa, uh, tight end U. You know, they put out Fant and um, Fant and Hawkinson a couple years ago. So, you know, I trust what they do with tight ends. So even though he's a shorty, actually both the tight ends I drafted are shorties. But Sam Laporta, 70 bucks, And then Brock Bowers. This guy caught 800 yards and 13 touchdowns last year for Georgia. Not super tall, but for 200 bucks, yes, please. I think he's he's a beast, so I was happy to have him. So that is where we're at um, with with this Campus to Canton draft. Uh, yeah, I only have 23 of my 70 roster spots filled, and so now it's going to become a lot of filler, and it's going to become how do you sneak guys through. And I'm trying to find like how bad does a guy have to be to get through for a dollar, and it turns out they have to be pretty darn bad. They have to be either Ian Book, Randall Cobb, or dead to get through for a dollar. Um, even David Johnson, you know, and Boston Scott and Ricky Seals-Jones got bumped up to two. So uh, I think the next time I'm up to nominate, I think I'm probably going to be finding literally the worst player that I possibly can and uh, uh, and getting them getting them in there so oh and interesting a new iowa tight end has just entered the mix luke lachey he's the younger one i think well let's put a little bid in on him let's put in like five bucks let's see how bad you want luke oh well more than five bucks okay well that's fine 
I'll look at all this once I'm once I'm off the little pod here. All right, we're almost done. Not quite. I've got one more little fun thing here. So uh, one little thing I thought I would throw in. I figured uh, I figured why not? Um, little little music trivia. Uh, I did. I made a trivia for my buddy Travis's birthday. Uh, oh, I don't know, six weeks ago, something like that. Maybe not that long ago. <clears throat> and my favorite is a sound round. So what I've got is I've got 10 songs. These are the top 10 songs of 1983, the year that my buddy Travis was born. And so what I'll do for you right now is I'm going to play them once through. You can listen to them if you're, if you're so inclined. You can tell yourself, what's the name and artist of that song? When Once I've gone through all 10, you can pause it if you want to think about it a little bit. And then I'll go through the answers. You can play it and I'll, I'll go through the answers so you can see how you did. Just something a little fun, a little non-football related, just to wrap this up. Are you up for it? I figured you would be. All right, here's the first song. This is the top 10 songs of 1983. And as you can see, it was a great year. Here's the first one. Song number one. Can you name it? Of course you can. Here's song number two of 1983. Can you name it? Of course you can. Here's song number three of 1983. This is song number four of 1983. All right, this is song number five of 1983. Maybe some repeat artists on this list. Oops, played too much of that one. I got excited. All right, this is song number six of 1983. This is the version without an F word in it. If you know that reference, call it out as well. All right, next, this is song number, where am I at? Number seven. Alright, this is song number eight of 1983. This is song number nine of 1983. Are you dancing? I'm dancing. That was a clue. All right, one more. This is song number 10 of 1983. 
Ooh, almost let it go. All right, if you want time to think about it, you can pause here. You could also go back about a minute to uh, listen to them again. And here are the answers. First, we had Every Breath You Take by the police. Nope, that wasn't the next one, sorry. Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. Number three, Flashdance, What a Feeling from Flashdance. And that's by Irene Cara. Number four was Down Under by Men at Work. Number five, of course it's Beat It by Michael Jackson. Six, Total Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler. Number seven, that's Man Eater by Holland Oates. Whoa, here she comes. She's a man eater. All right, this is a hard one. This is Baby Come to Me, Patty Austin and James Ingram. Number nine, Maniac by Michael Sembello. Run in place, run in place, run in place, run in place. And finally, if I let this one play just a little bit longer, you would have heard the title, but you all know what it is. Here we go. There it is. Sweet dreams are made of this in parentheses. Eurythmics with any Lennox. So there you go. I thought you might enjoy a little bit of music trivia because who doesn't love music trivia? Well, everybody, next week I will be back here, but I will be back here with Dave. We are only two weeks from the NFL draft, so I haven't talked to Dave yet, but hopefully we can do a little bit of an NFL draft prediction, predict where our favorite prospects are going to go, predict what our favorite teams are going to do, and talk about what impact that would have on our favorite fantasy players. Uh, I'm thinking we'll probably save our first mock draft until after these players actually have NFL teams. Um, and I will also hopefully be done with this auction and I can tell you how my entire team, um, panned out. I'm certainly liking how it started. Thanks for listening. Trips right with Ralph and Dave currently just Ralph. That's me. Dave isn't here. Dave, we miss you, buddy. Um, next week we'll come back in full force. So if you want to reach out to us and say, hello, you know how to find us. We do have a tweet machine, but we don't really use it, so we'll try to get that going because it's kind of embarrassing. We're kind of old men. We don't like using that. Social media. All right, everybody. Have a good one. I'm playing you out with the music. Bye-bye. Hey, people, come on. Yeah. Turn the bass up on this one.